0: Hello everyone and welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders who are helping to change the way the world lives, works, plays, learns and dreams. Our guest today is Andreas Larsson, Director of Engineering at Electrolux, a 100-year-old Swedish company that makes household appliances and other innovative gadgets. Andreas, welcome to Cloud Wars Live, we're delighted to have you.
1: Well, thank you very much, Bob.
0: So, Andres, you know, I, I touched on a couple of things there. You know, your, your company's been around quite a while, built a terrific global brand. And I guess there was sort of the iconic uh, reputation of building vacuum cleaners and other things. But the company's changed quite a lot these days, right? Tell us a little bit about what Electrolux is doing right now and where the company's headed.
1: Well, uh, as everyone else has noticed, software is uh, becoming a major part of, of everyone's lives. Um, And and that goes for our consumers and our users as well. So of course, um, trying to be a a customer-centric company as we are, uh, we wanna be able to provide the best consumer experiences that we can. And um, that includes, of course, uh, adding software as a big component in our products as well, Um, letting our customers benefit from the use of of apps and and, um, cloud-related services that can help them um, to get the most out of the appliances and to get the best uh, uh, experiences that we can give them.
0: Andre so on that subject, can you give us an example of how uh, a customer that five or 10 years ago would not have been able to interact or engage with Electrolux and its products that way, how are they able to do so today? Well,
1: for example, we've just released a, a connected air purifier and Air purification is different from a lot of other types of appliances we do because uh, the stuff that we are removing from the air is invisible and it's kind of hard to detect by yourself. So you can't really see if it's working. But when we use an app, and we can show you the work that we've done, we can show the sensor values for the pollutants in your air and we can compare them to the outdoor values that you would have if you would open your windows. Then you can see the job that the appliance has done for you, and you can see that it's the levels in your house are in within healthy uh, readings, and, and that gives you sort of a comfort and uh, a, a sense of well-being that we're trying to help you achieve.
0: So beyond uh, just again some of the attributes that a physical product can do, to a larger scale sense of confidence and well-being,
1: we we can provide a sense of well-being by letting you know that we have done work for you even though you're not at home Um, we can give you um, uh, better information on where you are if there is anything you need to do for the appliances to be able to help you as good as possible so if it's time to change a filter or if it's time to make sure that uh, a vacuum cleaner brush roll is time to replace one of those for example, we can give you notifications and let you know that now it's time to help us out a little bit um we also have a a robotic vacuum cleaner uh which is connected and uh, if you remember the time in the 80s where we had the video recording the vcrs and you tried to set a schedule for that one uh trying to set a schedule on an appliance would be just as hard today as it would be back then but if you have an app that is, then it's a breeze it's just you just flick through and add when you want it to start and then you're done. So it makes something that it was hard to make a good UI on a product to do scheduling for a vacuum cleaner. But with the app, it's a breeze.
0: Yeah, you've shifted the uh, sort of the the place where that interaction takes place to something that everybody now is comfortable with, right? And uh, Andreas, along those lines, right? Some some of the appliances you made, you've got to have like Uh, manuals with those right and so people learn how do i use this it's so funny because the apps you're talking about nobody ever reads a manual to learn how to use an app
1: no we take for granted that apps are intuitive enough for everyone to use and uh, there's been a a lot going and you can say you can buy any product today and you can read the manual but it's always going to be more difficult than using an app it's just a more intuitive way to learn how to use a product if you have the software to accompany the product, but we have possibilities to to get more information through the app as well. If there's anything you would like to read up on, there's always links to support sites or more information within the apps that can help you find the information you're looking for.
0: Great, and Andres, that leads to a couple of things I wanted to ask you about uh, related to this, and in some ways, the, the transformation of the company or its ongoing evolution—that's talent and culture. How has this move into these new worlds of data and digital and software? How has that changed, or has it changed the type of uh, new talent that you and the engineering team want to bring into the company? Um,
1: yeah, I think in some cases, obviously, from from a uh, technology knowledge point of view, we need other types of talent now than we did a couple of years ago. Um, but um, still, the 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 dedication to to the consumer experience and, and solving the right problems. That, that will be the same sort of, of talent or, or competence that there's required. Um, but um, we, we have a lot more software developers on our team now than we did a couple of years ago. I mean, we've been using, of course, embedded software for, for quite some time now, but um, cloud developers and app developers is a relatively new thing with just a couple of years uh, into the company.
0: Yeah. And overall, then, more broadly, the culture within the company. Could you talk about that, Andres, and how it's changed? Because I would get the sense that your customers feel more like they can have an ongoing engagement with you, not where they buy something one time and only call you if there's a problem.
1: Exactly. Uh, The the culture has to change um, in a good way for us as well, because we don't just get one chance to make a fantastic product. Uh, When you make the hardware products, you build them, you try to make them as good as possible and you ship them and you hope for the best and you can make a variant in a year or so. But uh, with the software products, we have the opportunities to use the properties of software so we can update the functionality. And truth to be told, uh, today when you buy a connected appliance, you, you uh, you, you should be able to assume that the product will be better in two years time. It shouldn't be the same, it shouldn't be slightly more worn, it should be more efficient, it should be the job with, with more ease for you to use it. So in the same way as you when you buy a a phone today, you expect it to bri- provide you more services within two years. And you should you should do the same for uh, your, your vacuum cleaner or your air purifier. It should give you more um ease of use and and, and provide you more
0: services as
1: time goes by.
0: You see uh customers people on a tesla vehicle the old model right you'd buy a car and from that first day you know the car started to decline but the with the tesla they say it gets more intelligent it knows more it performs better so there's a real reversal right in how uh, we come to view these things we buy and use in our home or uh, on the roads
1: yeah sure and and i would say that's that's true for for almost all, all companies now who has a product and wants to put software in them. Um, so we try, to, um, we try to use software, not only to improve the, the user experience, but also uh, the way that we can have um, different business models. I mean, traditionally we have been selling boxes with great appliances inside, and we still do, and we will do for plenty of years to come. But we've also launched a quite cool experiment in in Stockholm in Sweden, or the whole of Sweden actually, uh, where we sell uh, robotic uh, vacuum cleaning as a service and you pay per square meter. So there's a subscription model for that. And and that is something that we could never do if we didn't have a connected vacuum cleaner. Now the, the robot can, it can clean your floors and it will calculate how much area it is covered And it would report it back to us. And if you only clean a little, you only pay a little. If you clean a lot, you you pay a little bit more. Um, But in the end, we can find subscription models and we can find solutions that removes some of the obstacles to using premium appliances. Like it's quite expensive to buy a a brand new premium appliance. But if we can make this into a subscription model, that takes away a part of the hurdle for people to come over to get to use it. And also, perhaps you're not really sure that it will solve the problem for you, um, but making it into a subscription model where it's possible to uh, to jump ship. If, it, if you have the security that you don't have to buy it and then you're stuck with it, you, you already invested all your money into it, but you can start a subscription. And if, if it doesn't work in your home, then you can get out of it better. So it removes the, the software components, makes it possible for us to
0: remove some obstacles for the consumers to have a great experience with our products. And Andres, so um, when you first mentioned that, what a fantastic concept. I thought that it would be aimed at like business or commercial customers, but people are also subscribing to this service in their homes. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Um, we actually been targeting, um, this for personal use, um, at first, uh, obviously there's uh, there, there's, um, uh, we want to be able to scale this and we've been looking into. Uh, small business owners and and stuff like that as well. Um, but we'll have to, as always, when you try something new, you have to understand how to adjust it. Everyone, no one gets it right on the first attempt, right? So we're currently adjusting a bit of the parameters in this uh, in this trial, and then we're sending it out again and then see, if, see what happens. And
0: when we find a, a good market fit, then it will take off. I'm pretty sure of that. It's got to be a very exciting time for you, Andreas, as an engineer. I mean, so many things coming together to open up the world of what's possible for you, right?
1: It is. Uh, and it's also cool to come into, I've been at Electrolux for um, a year and two months now. And uh, and, and the type of, of uh, work that I do with software engineers, with cloud development and app development, is is quite new with the company. There's a lot of people who know a lot about um, mechanical engineering and electronics and and uh, and stuff like that. So um, they are they're very curious about what we can do and how we do it. Uh, and and uh, the stuff that they are they like is of course the possibilities to change things after we uh, we launch a product, but also the pace that we can do things in. And I would say especially now with the the cloud services and uh, the maturity of the cloud services of the day, it's. It's remarkable how much you can do with a few talented engineers, and a good cloud framework. So, we've been we've been using Microsoft Azure uh, to build our uh, both the first and the second generation product. For the first generation product, the, the robotic vacuum cleaner, um, we built almost all the software ourselves, and that's sort of the only way you can do because the focus when you build your first connected product is to build it and be able to release it find something that you can release to the market Mm -hmm. and know that you will improve it so you won't find the the best way to do everything and um so if you try it then you know which part is something that you could use an existing cloud service for Uh, if there is a better way to do something than the the way we did it at first um so now that we are migrating the first solution and building a lot of scaling it to a lot of more products, uh, we're combining the use of Azure services and, uh, uh, open source components that we are running in Azure and our own software that we also run in, in Azure. So, uh, we have this great combination. And even if you look at the, the services we find in Azure, um, if one alternative is a little bit too, large for us or if it's too expensive at this moment uh, it will work for us when we have a larger scale of customers to work with then there's always options start you start to get a lot of options even for the services you can choose from within Azure Uh, so um, it's a never-ending story to design and build an architecture for an IoT system but it's always uh, very interesting
0: and fun So Andreas, would it be fair to say that uh, one of the cloud services from Microsoft, say Azure IoT, it's not just an enabling technology, but as you've described it, it's almost a, an accelerating technology. You, you described a very small number of engineers being able to really deliver a pretty powerful outcome. So is that a fair statement, to do more and do it more quickly?
1: Yeah, definitely, and, and we can do it much more. Um, we can make a complete system. Uh, all of those stuff that would take you years to build if you would have it on on-prem solutions and build your own software all together, you know, with monitoring of servers and, and alarms and uh, uh, quotas and uh, uh, the, the, the API bridges and, and whatever you want to have. Uh, we can have all of those stuff almost immediately. So we had three uh, engineers working in, about six months to build a whole IOT system that is uh, currently it's live in, uh, in, in Azure global. Uh, but we've also been able to to start it up uh, on Azure inside China in this time as well.
0: Wow. Wow. So i it sounds like you're having a lot of fun there.
1: It is, uh, uh, both our, our situation where we are located in, in the Stockholm city center and the technology that we use and the products that we have and the brand that we have makes it quite easy to, to attract good talent, I would say.
0: Yeah. And Andres, what's next for you and your team? Well, next
1: up is to to, uh, continue to uh, add some more connected products um, and and make some improvements of the ones that we already have. to make sure that we get all of the appliances into the same backend now that we know a lot more about how we want to build the system. Um, to have a good mix of, of an integrated system where we can, where we can have a, this build, measure, learn type of, of, of uh, situation, uh, but also make a modularized solution so we can scale different parts of the system uh, differently. So we don't have to scale everything at the same time so if we get a lot of users we can scale the user management if we get a lot of appliances we can scale the the way that we can um, uh, record telemetry from the appliances or uh, or how we can control them um, and also of course um, the more data we get the more intelligent functions we can spend our time developing and that is of course what we are are after a lot of a lot of the value of connected product is in the data that we can get and how we can use that to provide an awesome consumer experience.
0: And on that last point, Andreas, with you know the growing volumes of data you have and what you're able to do with that, is your team uh, or Electrolux working some with AI and machine learning to help you know go through that data and turn it into things, into new ideas and new opportunities?
1: Yeah um we have um I would say that we're working in 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 two different uh, we have two 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 initiatives there one uh with a more um data science focused approach where we have people with understanding of uh the data but a lot of knowledge about um what what we can try and find there. So that's the more the data science approach where we're looking for what can we do with uh, the support of a good AI system. But then we also have the the product managers and where we we know that there's still a lot that we can do with just uh, uh, usual algorithms. There's quite a lot we can do with the data. So there will be, there will obviously be a time for machine learning there will be a lot of AI components running in this system the coming years, but let's start by providing the consumer experiences based on the stuff that we can, we can actually make regular algorithms to do first, because if, if we spend all of our time finding cool AI stuff, uh, and forgetting about our consumers in the meantime, that's, that's not going to fly. So, uh, we'll do both. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, yeah. I think that's the way to to succeed. It's always a balance between trying to do new cool things that has potential for uh in in a little bit longer while, but also keeping track of what's happening tomorrow and the day after
0: yeah well an well, interesting interesting time andreas and was there anything else that you wanted to be sure to 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 bring up or to to discuss working with
1: um with with Asher we are building the whole system with an API, of course, uh, and and services uh, that we provide through these APIs. And this, obviously this is to be able to scale in a really good way, Uh, scale to many teams, scale to many uh, appliances, to to many apps if we want, Uh, but also to scale to partners. Because uh, even though we are, uh, we're not a small company, But there's always limitations on how much we can do with our own developers. And we want to make sure that we can have the possibilities to work with partners in order to achieve business opportunities that are there, but we wouldn't be able to manage all by ourselves. So we're building this as an API product to make it possible to work quite easily and really fast with partners to provide other consumer experiences that are uh, adjacent to the one that we build ourselves. Or perhaps in markets where our partners may have a better understanding. But this, the way to work with partners, uh, is not new to Electrolux. This is something that we've always done. Um, this is the way that Electrolux has entered into uh, into new areas or new markets or new product categories before. So this is just following the tradition, but uh, with new technology.
0: Well, Andres, it sounds like. Electrolux's next 100 years is gonna be even more fun than the first 100.
1: I can't say, I wasn't there for most of the first century. (laughs) But I'm really sure that it's gonna be fun for the next 100 years. I hope I can
0: can be here for at least some 20 years to come and see what we can do in that time. Uh, That's great. Uh, Andreas, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. It's a real pleasure to hear about what you're doing with the company, and the the talent you're looking for, the culture that's coming in, and the new opportunities, new types of customer experiences that you and your team are helping to create. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a nice conversation. Yeah, yeah, and and also you folks. Who are in the audience thank you very much for spending time with cloud wars live to learn some more about what electrolux is doing we hope you'll share your feedback you can always reach me at bob at gmail.com again thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time